You are about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. My guest today is Pam Sherman, the perfect balance guru. More about that in a minute. Pam came to me through some random postings on Instagram. She was interested in my postings, and I was interested in hers. It didn't take us more than a few minutes to get together on the phone, and soon we started discussing doing this podcast episode together. I was fascinated by Pam's journey and all that she's accomplished, and I think you'll be as fascinated as I was. So, with that, let's get started. Hello, this is your host, Mediocre Mitch, and welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast. Meet Mediocrity is a podcast and a community that I established on my website, meetmediocrity.com, and on social media, at Meet Mediocrity. My message is basically to never give up on your wellness journey. Never give up on finding balance in your life. And you have to meet mediocrity in order to beat mediocrity. My guest today is Pam Sherman, founder of The Perfect Balance. Pam has been in the health and wellness industry for over 20 years. Everything about Pam and what she calls her Perfect Balance tribe can be found on her website, The Perfect Balance, that's all one word, theperfectbalance.guru, guru, theperfectbalance.guru. And let me say this right up front before I forget. You can join Pam's tribe by going to her website and typing in the word free month, that's all caps and all one word, into the promo box and you will be part of the Perfect Balance tribe for one month for free. Okay, more about all of that later. I don't want to steal a lot of Pam's thunder, so let me just tell you quickly what I thought it was about Pam that immediately attracted my attention. First, she has a ton of positive energy. That you might expect. She also has some very practical health and wellness tips and approaches that make it all seem very achievable. No gimmicks, no shortcuts, no bold, unrealistic promises. Instead, Pam offers a sensible and logical approach to diet and fitness that can really be applied to anyone. And and also, it can really be applied at any point in your life. It's never too late. It's never too early. I will share some more thoughts after the conversation. But for now, without further delay, here is my conversation with Pam Sherman. So, Pam, thanks for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. And actually... I, you know, we, we introduced each other over social media and I 
looked at your website. You and I had a couple of conversations and I think you're amazing. So <laughs> um, the perfect balance. I'd like to start at the uh, start today and we'll work our way back in a little bit. So the perfect balance. Tell me at a high level, what benefits do you bring to your clients and what's your approach? My, I am known as a no-nonsense person and just gives realistic life advice for how to feel amazing in your own skin, how to lose weight because most of my clients are women and they all want to lose weight and to do it without you know, doing the quick fix or whatever fad diet is in. I want my clients and, and people who follow me to enjoy movement and not have it be a chore, to eat for their health and not just for fun. Um, and really make their health long-term. We're all going to age, and I want them to feel amazing in their own skin as they age and get to, the, and get to their best weight if that's what they want to do. I know, most of your, I know most of your clients are women. Do you have any men clients? Because you just described me pretty well also, Pam. <laughs> well, in my Perfect Balance Tribe, my group, I do have one man and he has battled his weight his whole life. And he goes, I just keep thinking I can do it quickly. And I'm like, you know, especially as we get older, you can't. Unless you get the flu and you drop 10 pounds in two days, which we all know you put back on. Right. You just, it's never going to be a quick fix. So you're right. And I may, uh, in fact, you, you're, I may very likely follow you a lot more closely because um, I, I keep looking for a quick fix and I know better. But but you know it's 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 tempting to find a quick fix because it seems like it's a lot easier. But honestly, I, you just don't have success that way. Well, you don't. And the people that I know that have done the whatever I'm not going to name any diets, but whatever is popular, anything that you do that's popular right now, you will lose weight. But then the problem is most people go back like I'm done, and then they go back to the way they used to eat, and then they come on the pounds again, and sometimes more. When I, I tell people all the time, the body that we have, treat it like a Ferrari. We only have one of them to go through life in. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's worth the slow and steady process that it takes to lose weight. It's not glamorous, but it is worth it. Well, that is good advice. And, and so what I want to do, Pam, to get to know you a little better is to go back to the beginning. You, you have always been athletic. You've done a lot of athletic things in your life. Take me back to how you started in your athletic and fitness career and just kind of walk me through your progress that got you to this business. Sure. Sure. Well, I grew up with two big brothers. So the start in my life was being babysat by them and having to do sports as a tomboy in the seventies. And then my dad was a huge runner. He was really good, far better than I ever was. Um, but I just said to him one day, can I go for a run with you? And as an 11 year old, I didn't know that it would impact the rest of my life because I just liked the way it made me feel. Mm -hmm. Then I did your cross country and track in high school. Okay. Um, and th those are still my best friends to this day are the, the girls that I ran uh, with. And then we went to the Ohio State University, where, <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of course, where none of us were good enough to run. And we decided to do the Columbus Marathon every year just because we like to be together. And that's how we bonded in high school. So we figured might as well keep on running and bonding. Is that, when you this, were, is that your first marathon, the Columbus Marathon? You know, my, my first was actually in Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Okay. Very my, beautiful. My, Oh my God. Very beautiful. My best friend's dad said to me, Hey Pam, when I was a freshman, 
you're not running track anymore. Why don't you run a marathon with me? And I literally was a, you know, 18 and so naive and went, okay. <laughs> and so you, we just, use- so you just did it. How did you, did you put in a lot of training for it? Or did you just kind of wing it? Well, no, we, I would go over to his house. I grew up pretty much at my best friend's house. I'd meet mm-hmm. over there Sundays and we'd go for our long runs together. And then during the week I would do, you know, we didn't really know about training back then. There was no internet. I mean, I would get runner's world, but it was sporadic. Right. So but, but you were a runner. So you kind of had a I sense was, of how to train. I was a runner and he had run some marathons. So we built up to a 20 mile run mm-hmm. and our training was very flat. So we got to Maine and it was not flat. Right. And he, he dropped me at like mile 12. I was like, see you later. Cause I was struggling. And then I caught him at like mile 25.9 and we literally sprinted to the end. It was, it was funny. Oh, that's awesome. So you actually <laughs> yeah. did finish the race together. We did. And his wife was, you know, like my second mom was so mad at me. She's like, don't give him a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I assume you did not give him a heart attack and you finished together and celebrated together. <laughs> We did. And then my, my best friends from high school were two years younger than me. And so my next year in college, they were all seniors in high school. They missed going to the state cross country meet by two points. And I was their coach. And I said, forget it. You've been to the state meet. Let's all run the marathon together. And that was our tradition was born from there. And we did it for about eight years. Oh, so you, so how many marathons have you run in total, Pam? I have run 15. So you've run 15 marathons. That's amazing. I've never run a marathon. I think I've run about maybe maybe eight or nine half marathons. That's my longest distance is a half marathon. So 15 marathons. That's amazing. Um, where did you go from there? So you went to Ohio State. You, you learned how to run marathons. And then what? And then I actually grew up in the Bay Area in San, around San Francisco as a little girl and once I finished Ohio State, I wanted to move back to California. Mm-hmm. And I came back here. My brother was out here, so I had a place to stay until I met friends. But I still went back to Ohio, uh, I want to say five years after I moved here, for and did the Columbus Marathon every year. Well, Columbus is a beautiful city, and San Francisco is a beautiful city. So you, you have a good taste in cities. I will give you that. I <laughs> so, do, but I, I will tell you this. The San Francisco Marathon is not fun. It is hilly. <laughs> It's yeah, really hard. I've heard that. I've heard that. Well, I can only imagine because San Francisco is the hilliest city I know. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. But my my roommate, actually, once I met friends, my roommate was a group exercise instructor. And she saw how much I loved exercise and told me about a local community college that had an 18-week course on how to be an instructor. Okay. I thought, you know, that sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. So you, so you took that course and you just kind of went to a gym and said, I'm going to teach classes and be a no, personal trainer. It, it was amazing. The woman who taught it are, she lined up the class so that uh, at the very end, all the gym, um, let's see all the group exercise managers of all the gyms came to our last class and they saw us all audition for them. So we all kind of had jobs as soon as we finished. Oh, and I was actually, I was actually pregnant with my son. Cause I thought, you know what? I don't want to work full time. I love exercise. Let me do this. And then once I got my group X certification, I figured I might as well get my personal trainer. I mean, it can't be that much harder or different. Right. Um, and I could train women who are in my classes and mm-hmm. that was in 1997 and I haven't stopped since. 
Okay, so 1997, so that was a a solid 20 plus years ago and you yes. got into the physical fitness personal wellness industry. So you were in that industry for quite some time as a trainer and a group fitness instructor, you did not have your perfect balance um, website and business at that time, correct? No, no. I started my perfect balance business just as a personal training business when my youngest went to first grade because all of a sudden I had six hours with you know <laughs> free time and I wanted to be, to be able to go over to women's houses to train them. Mm-hmm. Until then, I, w- I had to go to the gym because I you had little kids and I had to go to the daycare. Right. So when I first started that, it was literally just training. And then I don't know if you want to segue into how it became much bigger than that. Well, there was so there, there was an inflection point in your life. So you were you were a fitness instructor, you were a personal trainer, you worked in gyms, you worked in people's houses, you did the thing. I think a lot of my listeners, including me, have had personal trainers and have done group fitness. But you had an inflection point in your life that kind of changed things, right? I did. Okay, so I tell did. us about it. About three and a half. And let me tell you, Mitch, before this even happened, I was always that teacher who had a six-week contest, you know, because all, everybody <laughs> wanted to lose weight. So yep. I was always having my students write me their food journal because it's all about the food. Yep. Because I will tell you, I was at my heaviest when I was running marathons. Well, it's funny because that that um, I have found that as well. I did my first half Ironman triathlon last year, and training for for distance um, endurance events really works up your appetite. <laughs> it makes it even harder to control your appetite. It really does. You cannot. And every year when I did the marathon, because we didn't know about nutrition back then, I thought maybe I'll lose ten pounds this fall, and it just. <laughs> It never happened. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I can. I. I agree. I attest <laughs> to that. So okay. So so you you were an enthusiastic fitness instructor. One of those fitness instructors that wasn't just kind of teaching. You know, a thirty minute kind of circuit training, and that was it. You were. You tried to make it kind of a life wellness. You know, kind of experience for your for your clients, and wow. that ever that evolved. Correct. It did. It was, I was always, I always cared so much about my classes and my students and would give, I'm sure more than like for many teachers a job, it was so much more than a job to me, but my turning point, we'll get to that. I was out actually training for a run, a mm-hmm. 9.3 mile run about three and a half years ago. And I got hit by a car oh my God. So, while I was running. So you we're like literally in the middle of a training run and like, what were you doing running in the middle of the street, Pam? I was not. I was literally two mile, 2.1 from my house. I remember looking at my Garmin going, okay, I'm at 815. That's, that's a good pace. That was my, mm-hmm. you know, my comfort pace. I was on the sidewalk, but I was crossing a driveway and I didn't even get into the driveway when a car was taking a right, just looked left. And I was on the right and I remember putting my hand out and I remember is if I'm sure you've heard this as a dad, that blood curdling scream from your kids when they get hurt. <sighs> yep. That's the last thing I remember because luckily your brain goes night, night when trauma right. happens. Yep. 
And then I remember waking up, rolling on the road and watching the car drive away. Seriously. Now this person did pull back over, but in my head, I thought, are you effing kidding me? This is not my life. Oh my God. And then because both my kids are soccer players, I knew that I might have a concussion. So I did not stand up. I crawled back to the sidewalk and waited for help. So tell me about your injuries and tell me how you recovered from them. I was very fortunate that I only lost teeth, which Mm. take a really long time to put back in your head, but I did not have any broken bones. I did have a slight brain bleed that day, which Mm -hmm. I had to stay in the hospital one night, but it was cleared up by the next day. Mm -hmm. And I walked out of the hospital. I was, I was stiff on my left side because that's where the impact was. Right. And my garment, my garment broke, my huge oh, garment. Oh, God but. forbid. <laughs> God forbid. Like, you know, we, we always say that if, if it doesn't show up on your garment or on Strava, you didn't actually do the workout. Right. But I'm so, I actually, not only am I thankful because I think my wrist would have been broken because I right. imagine that's the first thing I hit the ground. I actually sent my garment into Garmin and told them my story. Cause I was like, Hey, this is what happened. Did you get a new one? Um, uh, they gave me a 35% discount code for another one. It's <laughs> eh, better than nothing. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And this one actually has bigger numbers, which I'm 53 <laughs> now. So I actually like the bigger numbers. <laughs> I get it. I'm 55 <laughs> and I need bigger <laughs> numbers too. So, okay. So, but this, you know, so you were lucky, thank God, right? So you, you, your recovery wasn't, you know, agonizing, but it sounds like it was still a big turning point for you. Tell us how. It was, it was a big journey. I actually have a sports guy here who has been working on me and my family and any client that gets injured for 14 years. And when they discharged me from the hospital, they said, go see your doctor and get your, my lip had split, you know, go get your stitches out. But I thought, what is my doctor going to do? So I went, of course, right away to my sports guy who is amazing. And he looked at me and he was like, pointed his finger at me. And he said, Pam, had you not been in such excellent shape, your injuries would have been far worse. Interesting. So your fitness, your fitness might have really saved you from a much worse result. Well, being athletic and having muscles probably protected my bones. Mm Mm-hmm. And I took that as my uh, my Oprah moment, my aha, like, I need to get the word of health and wellness out to as many people as possible because I have, my running and my working out is for my mental health as much, if not more than my physical health, but it literally saved me from who knows what could have happened. Right, right. I, w- I was back running five weeks later and then it was an off and on process. But I, after a few days I went to m- in my backyard and I was kind of like doing squats and picking up weights. And my husband goes, what are you doing? And I said, I just want to see what feels good and what doesn't like movement is so important to me. But mm-hmm. I took that as I have to do more. I have to get out of the classroom. I have to inspire people to not treat themselves like a garbage can I'll eat great Monday through Friday and then whoop it up on the weekend and start over on Monday. Right. I've been there. I've done that. So, so it's interesting because, you know, I have become a very junior Pam Sherman fan and I've looked at your website. I've looked at your YouTube videos. I've looked at, I mean, you're, you're interviewed on the TV news. You've written books. So a lot has had, this isn't just, 
you know, I became more inspired. You actually went into a whole nother gear, it seems to me. So do I, do I have it right? And, and you know, how, how has this whole thing changed for you? I think the accident happened for me. So mm. I can be bigger. Mm -hmm. I never would have thought about having a website had I not been hit. I would have still been a teacher and a trainer. And after I got hit, I thought I still, I am a teacher and motivator by nature. I still need to do this and found a local gal who creates websites and she's amazing. Oh my gosh. You know, and when she was sitting with me, she goes, well, we need to set up a YouTube channel. She goes, not that you want to start now, but you will want to put videos on there. Mm -hmm. You also need, you know, a, an email that doesn't have a gmail.com. You need to have a professional right. email. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she, and I remember sitting with her, Mitch. So I lost my four front teeth and I lost two teeth on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I would meet with her every couple of months and we would discuss. And she said, well, someday, Pam, when you're on Good Morning America. And I looked at her, no front teeth. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? Right, right. You couldn't even look and at yourself in the mirror and she has you on Good Morning America. Literally did not look at myself in the mirror for a long time. And I, and she saw me bigger than I saw myself, which is amazing, right? So, so, so you really, you know, you took the opportunity and you took, you know, some good advice and you really grew this thing. So now you have a full, full slate of YouTube videos. And, you know, the thing I noticed about a lot of what you speak about, it's, it's not... And look, I, I'm sure you have some customers and clients who are training for a marathon or doing something big, and there's there's a purposeful training for that. But one of the things I love about what you do is you kind of talk to people about everyday training and things they could do in their everyday life and things they could do in five-minute increments. So look, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are you know, looking for, to get started or looking to just up their game a little bit. So can you tell me a little bit about your philosophy around that? Because I found it really interesting and easily digestible. Yes, I have found in 20 plus years of doing this that so many people set themselves up for failure because they think they have to be all or nothing. They have to go to the gym for an hour and give up carbs and stop drinking wine and you know, lift weights a couple times a week. And they set their boundaries so, or they set their parameters so big. And then they don't end up doing anything where I want people to move a little bit throughout the day. Start the morning with a walk. When your coffee is brewing, do some counter push-ups. Mm. Um, there's so many times, well, not, not lately with a pandemic, but before the pandemic, I heard, I don't have time. I don't have time. That's why I created a 10-minute playlist because guess what? Everybody has 10 minutes to move their body. Right. And I'd rather have you do 10 minutes of something than zero minutes of nothing. Because if if you think about a whole month, if you did 10 minutes, that's 70 minutes a week. Right. Right. That's better than nothing. And really, I want people to feel amazing as they age. And if they do nothing, they're going to feel awful. If they put a little bit of time a few times a day into their health, their life is going to be better. And I want people to know that losing weight is never about the exercise. It is about the food every single time. Darn we it, darn it. We always it. hear that. We never believe that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so so let's so let's talk about, you know, perspective 
clients because you've got some prospective clients listening to this podcast. Um, so imagine that you your typical your typical new client is someone who's kind of fallen into the traps you described, Pam. So maybe they they've aimed too big, or they've aimed to do too much too quickly, or they've aimed too much at at, at fitness versus diet. And they're listening to you, and they're like, "This woman really gets me." Um, where does where where should they start? Like where where do they start in terms of themselves and, and possibly even working with you? Well, in terms of yourself, my favorite thing to say is find movement you love. It should not be a chore. If you dread exercise, you're not going to be doing it next month, let alone in 10 years. So when people have a hard time, I, I always say, what did you love to do as a little kid? Mm. And then, and then do it. If you, I just had a client now who she used to be on a jump rope team and she just moved to Washington state in February. And it was, you know, she was, what do you think I should do for cardio? And I thought, well, do you like jump rope? And she lit up like a firework. And she said, I love jump rope. I said, that's what you should do because it makes you happy. So find movement you love. It doesn't have to be for hours. It could be mm -hmm. 10 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. We all need to be walking. And you know this much as well as I do. We lose muscle mass as we age every decade after 30. Right. So everybody needs to be strength training, which could be body weight. It doesn't mean to be lifting a lot of heavy weights, but we want to preserve our muscles because they protect our bones. And that's why so many old people, when they fall, they break bones because they have no muscle tone. Right. Right. So I, I would say just easy breezy. Now, as far as working with me, I do have clients who, you know, I'm the mean trainer. I make them keep a food journal for me and we have a conversation weekly oh, about goodness. their food journal. <laughs> I, it, it's the hardest thing ever. People right. hate to do it, but I'm like, if you want to lose weight, I got to see what you eat. I have my fitness pal on my phone. It's just not being used at the moment. <laughs> well, and you know what? I love my fitness pal because we can be friends and then I can see what you eat before we even have the conversation. Right. Right. But it's, it's, it's the hardest, hardest thing for people to do but it is the most accurate, but here's a misconception. I can't wait to tell all your listeners because it's so, oh my gosh, I'm taking a deep breath. If you use my fitness pal, do not eat back the calories that you exercise with. If you're trying to lose weight. Oh my goodness. I know I, I, I my favorite, my favorite fitness um, activity is cycling and I can go out with even a casual ride with my buddies and I could burn, you know, 1500, 2000 calories. And I'm like, my first, my first reaction is oh, I could eat two days in one. <laughs> That's not exactly. what you're supposed to do, Pam, right? <laughs> it's not what you're supposed to do. I, and I have women all the time. I just had a woman in my group, actually, she's five foot tall. She was eating back her exercise calories and she's not losing weight. I'm like, you can't eat those back. First of all, you're five foot nothing and you can barely eat a lot of calories anyway. Right. But if you eat an extra 400, no, 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 no. But yeah, that's, I remember on long runs when I used to train for my half marathons and marathons, literally thinking about what I was going to eat when I got home. Yeah. A feast, oh, a feast yeah, sure. right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to burn a thousand calories. Look what I can go home and eat. Right. Right. No, no. Not if you want to lose no. weight. Yep. No. So I actually prescribe less exercise for people who are trying to lose weight, less intense exercise, because when you exercise intensely, you are starving and it's really hard to have that balance of eating at a deficit 
and not going crazy because you want to chew your own arm off. Right. Right. So, so reaching out to you through the perfect balance dot guru guru. I was, I was trying to remember cause I knew That's it okay. wasn't normal. The perfect balance dot guru. So reaching out to you through that, they can, you know, get coaching, get, you know, regular conversations with you, learn about everyday fitness and come up with a fitness and diet plan that works for them. Is that what you're saying? It is. And I do want to tell you about my perfect balance tribe. Mm -hmm, Please. This is something I've wanted to create for a long time because I have been passionate about health and wellness, food and fitness pretty much my whole life. Mm -hmm. And the perfect balance tribe is a private Facebook group where I have Monday yoga, Tuesday, Thursday, stretching, Wednesday workout, nothing more than 15 minutes because of all the reason we've all talked about, mm-hmm. um, as well as Facebook live talks on Monday nights and Friday mornings. This week I talked about, Hey, let's talk about food around a holiday. It's right. hard to do. So we strategize and people, you know, checked in and we always start with wins with what, you know, what people in the group have accomplished And this is, it's, I think I have about 50 members, which I'm super excited about. I just want it to grow to be a a group of people that support each other on their health and wellness journey. And I have daily inspiration every day on Facebook. I post something, we have weekly challenges and it's, I want to give it away free for a month. So you can date me for a month and see Mm -hmm. if you like me. Okay. That's fair. And And then after that, it's $9.99 a month. $9.99. That's That's great. It's nothing. And I think after six months, I'm going to bump that up because I think I'm going to get a lot of uh, grow this community huge. But for right now, I want people to see that I want to guide you and support you on your journey, make it fun and see how easy it is to actually implement little bits of movement into your day. Well, you know, it, it, you use the you use the term community, and I think community is a big deal. I mean, me, mediocrity is a community of of people that I've put together. That that our our goal is just ordinary people helping ordinary people, and I think it, the the community aspect of it is a big thing because honestly, there are only so many ways to slice and dice a diet and slice and dice a, um, a fitness plan. But if you've got people helping people be their best self, that's what kind of, to me, at least to me, and I think to a lot of other people, that's what creates success. I love when the people in the group support the other people. And yes, a hundred percent. I mean, the wins last week were one lady said, I lost my back fat. And everyone on the call is like, oh my God, congratulations. That's awesome. They don't know each other. But <laughs> right. it, you know, when, when a woman says that, I've had back fat, it feels amazing when it goes away. Yeah, sure it does. Um, you know, I'm going to switch gears quickly because you yep. do, you've done something that I aspire to. And you've written books. And you've got, I think, five or six books that you've published. How did you go from being a trainer to a book writer. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. Thank you. It just happened because I got hit. When, when I came home from the hospital, I I had to stop teaching. I had no teeth. First of all, I couldn't talk. Um, but I am a worker by nature. I'm not really a sit around and just do nothing. And my daughter was a junior in high school at the time. So when she would actually, let me back this up. When my gal who created my website 
said, Pam, when people sign up for your newsletter, because I want to inspire people with a weekly newsletter, yep. you need to give them, you know, some free gift. And so yep. I started ri- I started writing. And when I sent it to her, she said, Pam, this is a book. This is, an, I just wanted like your 10 best tips for healthy living. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, this is like a 50 page soft cover book. And my oh, mouth my dropped because when my daughter was sitting, you know, after school doing her homework, I would just sit there and write and write and write. And again, Mitch, not rocket science. It's everything that I've experienced in the 20 plus years that I've been a trainer. Mm-hmm. And then I started training my daughter's soccer team once a week. And those lovely young gals would tell me what they ate, which was garbage. Right. And I thought I need to write a book for them. So I wrote nutrition for athletes. And it's really for young kids, high school age kids to learn how do you eat? You cannot have Taco Bell or donuts when you're away at a tournament that you need to perform well at. I mean, come on. My son is a college athlete and that is exactly how he eats. It's really unbelievable that he can actually perform eating that garbage, but he does. I say Taco Bell is a food we rent because it does not (laughs) stay in our bodies very long. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) So you're, so you're an accidental author. Pam, you you didn't set out to start writing books. You set out to just put some ideas on paper and lo and behold. I set out to inspire people with my weekly newsletter. And then once I wrote that first book, it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And my last one was uh, the perfect balance workbook because I find women, the, the women that I work with, they have a hard time. They say, I want to lose weight. But you and I both know it's not the secret. You can't put it out there in the universe and it's going to happen. Right. So let's talk about setting goals and then having action plans to reach those goals. Mm -hmm. Talking about who's going to sabotage you because family and friends sabotage you all the time. All the time. Talk about learning to say no. It's a complete sentence. No. No, thank you. (laughs) I'd rather not. I'm good. Yep. So it's really more all-encompassing for how do you want to lose weight? and keep it off, you have to make a plan. So that was the latest one that came out. And that's when I think that's going to help the most people. Yes. I looked through, I looked through at least the summary of the workbook on Amazon and I said to myself, I could use this. So, um, I think that is a hugely, it's going to be hugely successful and it's, it's, it's really a guide for creating your own plan. Thank you. I want to make it easy for people to go on the journey because I have battled my weight and Mitch, I did everything wrong. I tried the Dexa trim and the diet <laughs> pills and the slim fast and all the yep. stuff you shouldn't try. And I don't want people to think, okay, here it is. Here's my quick fix. I want to make it realistic, but I want them to know the body they're in today is a result of the choices they've made from the last three, six or nine months. Mm-hmm. And you have to give yourself that much grace on the other side to lose weight. Mm-hmm. I like that. So let's wrap this up with, with a question I want to ask you about tips. So we're living today, today at the recording of, of this podcast in the world of COVID-19. Um, I think I might see a small light at the end of the tunnel. I hope it's a light, not an oncoming train. Um, and, but, but we're living in that world today and I want you to think about of all the tips and tricks that you give your customers and you write in your books, can you leave us with, call it three tips 
that we can all do in a socially responsible, mostly stay-at-home life uh, to improve our lifestyle today? A thousand percent, yes. I do want to say, though, if people want to join the tribe, they go to my website and they put in free month in all caps in the coupon code to get that free month. Oh, free month. Okay, perfect. So I will also put that in the description to this podcast so people remember that. So you got that. So go ahead. Okay. The first tip you're not going to expect. Okay. Get enough sleep. Mm. When you don't sleep enough, your brain craves sugar. And I like to call sugar the bad boyfriend or girlfriend. It is is because it's so hard to break up with. Right. And there's so many times where you think, oh, I'm going to go grab something. And you're not hungry, but your brain's like, I need the sugar. Getting enough sleep is the number one health tip. I always say when I do motivational speeches and people's jaws are dropping, I said, you have to get enough sleep. If you don't, you're not going to want to move your body. You're not going to want to chop up the veggies for a big salad. You are not going to want to do much of anything. So getting enough sleep is my number one. Number two, I would love it if everybody would journal their feelings instead of eat their feelings. We are a nation of eating when we're happy, sad, lonely, depressed, bored, frustrated, you name it, and we eat because of it. But you're never going to get to your optimum weight unless you eat mostly for your health. There's a little bit of room for fun, but journal your feelings, meditate when you're feeling angry. Um, I love the app Insight Timer. It's a free app. Okay. And there's thousands of five minute, 10 minute you choose to get your brain to a better place because we all know when you eat your feelings, the feelings are still there. And then you're left with food regret on top of that. Well, okay. So now we, now we have two unexpected tips. Get your sleep and journal your feelings. Give me one more. Find movement you love and do it for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And I also love the fact that you, you know, if you love bike riding, if you love swimming, you don't have to start with 30, 45, 60 minute workouts. You can do it. As you said earlier in this conversation, do it for 10 minutes just do something. It's better than doing nothing. Well, and let me tell you, Mitch, I don't run marathons or half marathons anymore. And I used to be the the ultimate running snob. Why bother unless I go at least three? Yep. Most days I run a mile or less. Really? Yes. (laughs) It makes me happy. I get bored running long now. I have a running partner. We might do some hill repeats or some sprints, but this, just this morning, I ran a mile for warm up and then did some pull ups and push ups. And my workout was about 15 minutes. That's it. I still I love to run. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because I sit there and I, I'll talk myself out of a workout if I don't have, if I don't have a, des- a, a designated hour and I don't need it. 15 minutes is, I, I think the most I work out now is 25, maybe 30 once a week, but usually I'm at the 15 to 20 mark. And you know what? Running a mile is fun. I try to go fast every time. I don't mm-hmm. try to beat my time. I keep mm-hmm. a calendar and write my mile time down. It is fun. Well, Pam, first of all, this has been an amazing conversation. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you're an amazing person. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure that even though even though that I've only met you kind of recently, 
Um, we're going to be in touch with each other because I am fascinated by you and I like your messaging. So thank you very, very much for reaching out to me, first of all. And second of all, for doing the podcast. It's been a great conversation. Well, thank you for the initial follow. That's how we got our conversation started. And yep. it's uh, it's amazing to talk with other people like-minded who are trying, you know, your podcast, your community, you're doing the same thing. So I love, love the fact that we connected. Well, thanks again, Pam, and more to come. Have an amazing day. You too. Take care. Okay. <laughs> Let me start with the finish. When I asked Pam for three practical tips at the end of our discussion, she came up with three tips that are extremely logical, but they're not the tips I would have expected. She gave us very sensible tips that, frankly, any of us can use immediately. One, get enough sleep. Two, journal your feelings instead of eating them. And three, find a movement that you love and just keep doing it. So simple. And doing those things will make quite a difference in our lives, but we don't always do them. I, for one, will not forget these three tips. Also, I'm really amazed at how Pam was always into fitness and her overall wellness, but she evolved over time. After college, she evolved. After having children, she evolved. After the terrible accident when she was hit by a car, she evolved. In other words, she was on a wellness journey, but that journey modified itself as life circumstances dictated. That evolution is something I think about as it relates to me. And seeing someone like Pam accomplish so much throughout her evolution is something I personally admire. I am seriously considering using her free month, one word, promo code to join her tribe at her website, The Perfect Balance Guru. Sorry, theperfectbalance.guru. And I hope you'll try it too. And finally, if you're enjoying the Meet Mediocrity podcast, please tell your friends and find everything about us on the website www.meetmediocrity.com Season 2 is off to a blazing start and I have a number of excellent interviews lined up over the next several months. In the meantime, this has been Mediocre Mitch wishing you health, wellness, and happiness. Keep smiling everyone and take care.